This is Papa Smurf. You're listening to Our Lifestyle, the podcast with ODB and the mayor. Yo, 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 it's ODB from OLP. This is episode 320 of our Lifestyle Podcast. Appreciate you guys coming back. We want to thank our title sponsor, Custom Car Show Productions, their flagship event every June in Biloxi. That's, of course, Scraping the Coast. The 21st annual is coming up this coming June. Their next event under their umbrella is Orange Beach Invasion. That is Orange Beach, Alabama. Third week in March. We can't wait to be out there. So this week, we're going to basically do our... Basically, we're going to do part one of our top 2022, and there's a lot to talk about, of course. We'll also have Charles Wickman, Wickham, Charles Wickham, back on uh, for round two. We just had Charles on recently, and obviously, he kind of said there was a little bit more meat left on the bone in terms of stories, but what I did was I sat back down with him, and we got a chance to, to talk about all sorts of different topics, which... It's always cool to have a guest on a second time because we already have all of the, hey, tell us a little bit about yourself out of the way. So it was really fun. That's going to be our title guest for this episode. But again, I am going to go through really some best of stuff, you know, movies, TV, a little bit of tech, uh, just maybe favorite memory and things like that for the year. We have a jam-packed episode the next uh, next week, which will round out our 2022 episodes, about 52, right? 52 weeks. And in that episode, we'll talk about our favorite trucks, our favorite shows, and things like that. So you guys know how we do. Now, of course, you don't hear Biggity Mike the mayor. Not sure I'm going to be able to link up with him this week. I know he's been, I mean, dude, the guy's been gallivanting. Of course, he's playing Santa this week. And he did say he'd be available, but, you know, I got to plan ahead. You got to kind of keep on keeping on. And I do have a few things this week that I'll be doing after work, so I'm uh, I'm trying to just kind of get all this going. And I was just going to do the top 2022 stuff and call it that, but I did sit down and did do the audio with Charles, and I uh, hope that you guys will appreciate that. Episode 320 overview brought to you by our family at Hamburg Weekend Wear. Just know right now you can go to H-A-M-M-E-R-D, weekendwear.com, Hamburg Weekend Wear, and you can join in their open enrollment. Uh, with it, whether you want shirts or hoodies or banners, you can lock in one price and you end up saving over the course of time. For you'll get all of the 2023 drops. They have some recent drops with some F100s and things like that. Uh, F150 and then the what was it? The F100. Uh, check them out. H a m m e r d. Weekendwear.com. So really. What I wanted to do was kind of talk to Mike this next segment and just talk about you know some of our top 2022 memories uh, in terms of certain things, right? Not trucks. Again, that's going to be next episode. But movies. Here was the funny thing. I went through just various lists online, you know, top 2022 movies. And man, dude, I was scratching my head going, I haven't seen... 98 maybe 99 percent of these movies just because it (laughs) as much as i love movies i rarely sit down and watch a movie i don't know if that sounds right now uh, you know i'm excited for some stuff to come out there's one right now that i do want to go see 
There's some next year I'm going to be stoked about. But really, when I thought back to 2022, many of us, and I'm sure many of the listeners, there's just one movie that kind of comes to mind, and it's Top Gun Maverick. You know, the movie was was plagued with challenges with the pandemic. You know, there were executives that wanted it to be just released in theaters, uh, or excuse me, you know, through home streaming, and Tom Cruise said no way. And even though I think earlier in Tom Cruise's uh, career, I think he became kind of a lunatic, and maybe he still is, but he handed us uh, just an amazing sequel. And uh, many of us obviously went to the movies. We maybe saw it even more than one time. I went once, and we do, of course, own it through Apple. My wife loves to put the movie on when she's kind of just doing things throughout the house, just something to play in the background. And, you know, it's just a good, all-American kind of badass movie. So I would say that was my top movie of the year. But again, you know, if you look at all these other awesome films, I'm not a film critic, but there's a lot of good movies out there. And I think the challenge today with, you know, putting out movies is there's just so much content out there. Many of us are on YouTube, Hulu, Netflix, Paramount Plus, Peacock. I mean, you name it. There's just so much content always at the stream. And when people are like, yo, you got to see this show. I'm like, dude, I'm showed out, man. Like, I appreciate the conversation, but like, man, I got, I can't add anything else. I got stuff in my Netflix queue from like eight years ago. I've never watched. And I do, again, I do sit down. And when I do, I watch certain things. I'm kind of methodical. I do spend time on YouTube. Love watching YouTube through you know, Apple TV, I mean, it's moments right there on the TV, it's 4K, it's crystal clear, but that was really my top movie. Now, I do have a runner-up, and this did make some lists, and this one, you guys, if, you know, there's going to be two things, either one, you're going to get a good laugh out of this, or two, you're going to say, that came out this year, and um, I'm I'm double-checking right now, this movie came out on... June 23rd, 2022. So 6 23 22. Beavis and Butthead do the universe, right? So, you know, of course, the delinquents are back. And that movie to me gave me a lot of, of, of just gut laughs, man. Just brought me back to the 90s watching Beavis and Butthead. Of course, their, their new series kicks off as well. And uh, it's kind of cool. I think it's, you know, again, it's, it's one of those things where. Uh, it's not going to be mis- um, maybe critically acclaimed, but I think Mike Judge is just really a genius. And when you, <laughs> when you watch the movie, man, whether you're stoned or you're drinking a brew or you're just flat out sober as I was, got a lot of freaking uh, a lot of laughs out of that one. So that'd probably be my runner up. Now I did mention I'm looking forward to a movie that's out right now, and that's Avatar. I did see the original one as a sneak peek back before it came, you know, before it was officially released in movies, and I just was blown away. I've been on the ride last year around this time. My buddy Sean from All About Los Angeles was in town, and we went, you know, he took me, you know, all through the Disney parks and all that stuff. And of course, they've got the Animal Kingdom, and they have the Avatar ride there, which was just insane. Maybe the the greatest theme park ride I've ever been on in terms of. Um, not a roller coaster, but, you know, simulation type deal. And Back to the Future was one of my favorites. But, I mean, this thing is just an unreal uh, ride. But I am looking forward to Avatar. And Avatar, of course, is in theaters now. 
I don't think right. I think right now it's not it's not meeting the expectation that they thought. But I do believe it's over a three hour movie. And I know James Cameron. He got into something the other day. I read an article where some fans were trying to stop him to get autographs, and you know something was said, and and, and then he peels away, and then he ends up flicking them off. And I'm like, that's probably not good if you're trying to get people to go to your movie that could be the the biggest movie of all time. So. I'll be curious to see what the box office comes in at, you know, in terms of Avatar. And, um, yeah, you know, just kind of looking forward to it. Uh, I'm also just a sneak peek next year. So the end of June, right before, right before 4th of July is going to be Indiana Jones. So the new one, I know there's a lot of controversy over the title. And, you know, I've, I've read some spoiler stuff on what the storyline is going to be. And I've seen some things. I do think James Mangold is going to do just an unreal job. With it, my buddy Noldy's kind of broken down some of these films that James Mangold has 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 directed, and I do think he can carry the torch, so to speak. But I I just really hope that this movie doesn't screw up the franchise any more than it was. I mean, boom, we got really the send off that we all loved in Part Three, Indy Three, Four comes along, all excited, you know, kind of a little weird. You know, I, I'm not a hater of that film, but. There's some things I just didn't like, and it is what it is. But bottom line is, I am excited about this film. On my Lincoln Attic channel, I actually did a video that broke down in the teaser or in the trailer that came out. I guess you could call it a teaser trailer. It um, there's a there's there's two Lincoln Continentals, '60s Lincoln. You guys know I love those. Of course, I have Lincoln Attic podcasts, but on my Lincoln Attic YouTube channel, I broke down. Uh, some of the cars that I knew they were going to be in the film based upon seeing some behind-the-scenes stuff. So if you want to you know, learn more about that or see what I'm talking about there, go on YouTube, type in Lincoln Addict, and hit follow. All right, so TV. So I was going to ask Mike, and I had a feeling, again, Mike's you know, out gallivanting playing Santa, though. He is playing Santa. Uh, I was going to ask him, and, and listen, I think we could all agree, Mike's probably going to say top. He was going to say Top Gun, and then I was going to say, yo, that wasn't the name of the film. And then he was going to be confused. I know he was. And I was going to say, well, that was the name of the first film. The second film was Top Gun Maverick, right? So I'm assuming that's Mike's top. Now, TV. So I did finally sit down kind of at different times. I'm not always sitting down. Sometimes I'm like doing other stuff, you know, as far as trying to get shit done. But I went back and I started watching Yellowstone. So a few years ago on uh, our normal vacation, I'll usually, I would take, we'd go to the beach and we'd take our little Apple TV puck, I call it, and we'd plug that in. And, you know, if it was a, a rainy day or it was, you know, in the evening time or we just had way too much sun, you know, we'd spend a little bit of time inside, maybe even during the day, boom, streaming something. And my father-in-law and Gramps, they started loving Yellowstone. So we watched maybe season one and I kind of, didn't remember it all because, I mean, that was years ago. So I sat down recently and I started watching Yellowstone. I went back. I forced myself. It's like the second or third time I tried to watch it. And I kind of got through, finally got through season one. And I was like, man, it, it really is a good show. So I know that show didn't necessarily start in 2022. I want to say they're in season five now. And I'm up to like the tail end of season three. We got it through Peacock, one of those damn streaming things, and of course we got a deal on it. So you know we're we're checking that out. Now, the 
even though that was that's a show that's really on my mind, I think I mean there's no denying this the the best show of this year. If you're a TV guy or lady, is going to be Better Call Saul. So, no spoilers. You know, many of you I'm sure watch that series. You know, you like Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul. Just an unbelievable series. And the one thing I like about it, what one thing I like about the the series is that it there's so many Easter eggs. There's tie-ins. I mean, there's stuff that I'll be honest goes way over my head. But I go on YouTube and I watch some of these awesome channels that break down these different timelines and either the gene timeline and this and that, and they piece it all together. And the storytelling was just totally unreal. I know some people could probably watch it and they're like, this is confusing. You know, it's like watching the movie Memento. But it's hard to deny. I mean, if you if you pay attention and you're watching the show, I mean, it's the storytelling, the suspense, really good, Better Call Saul, probably one of the best shows in TV history, let's be honest. Plus, the ending, let me give it away real quick. No, I'm just kidding. The ending was really nothing that I expected. I mean, it was totally kind of out there. To me, it was better than like a Seinfeld ending, better than Sopranos ending, better than Dexter ending, both endings. So, yeah, better call Saul for me. Now, I will say this. I do love the Mayans. I'm not caught up on that. I do stream that here and there. I, I was a big fan. My father and I loved I had turned him on to Sons of Anarchy, and we, we just loved that show. Good storytelling, Kurt Sutter. Uh, so, you know, good stuff there. Now, also, I will say this. I'm not the biggest Disney fan. I don't know all the stuff about Disney. I'm not even the biggest Star Wars fan. I love the original three. It's from our era, of course, in, you know, after I graduated, you know, they kind of come back in theaters around that time, and then boom, they come back with the the other series, the one, two, three. But Disney Plus, if you uh, really want to check something out, maybe you have access to it, maybe you get a free trial, whatever, check out Light and Magic. I think I mentioned this months ago, but Light and Magic is like a documentary, six, seven, eight, eight part series, I think six, on Industrial Light and Magic, which short is ILM. Of course, George Lucas started ILM back in the day to help make Star Wars, and ILM manifested into you know helping all of his friends finish their films. You know, Jurassic Park, Back to the Future, so many films. And ILM, I tell you what, that series, the photos, the archive footage, I, it, just truly unreal. I can go back and rewatch that. It brings back a lot of memories. So I hope that Disney will continue to do more of that stuff. But of course, that's under the Disney Plus umbrella. So those were a few things from a TV standpoint that that really kind of piqued my interest this year. Now, I do want to stop for a moment and say, hey, you're listening to OLP. We appreciate all of our sponsors. And um, if you get an opportunity, make sure you follow, subscribe. I know you're listening to this going, yo, I came here for mini trucks. What's going down? Well, of course, dude, when you've been going around, um, going down for seven years straight, right, you know, with new content, we got to mix things up. So this is kind of our best of. And we're talking about some of our favorite things, my favorite things from 2022. Of course, Mike's out. Giz Olivetan. We'll have to try to get a hold of him later. I I think he's worried about the trivia questions. I think he's really sweating them, y'all. So from a tech perspective, so technology, uh, when we first started the uh, podcast, you know, we had a couple of things in mind. We had technologies, we had custom vehicles, and we had truck shows. I mean, that was going to be the, the whole kind of uh, philosophy, right? And 
we talked a little bit about it in the beginning. I even did some videos, you know, talking about AirPods and this and that. I love technology. I follow a lot of tech sites. I go on them every single day, and I think it's awesome. I mean, how far we've all come with, I mean, home automation or having, a, you know, a ring doorbell or just any of these little things, even though you may not realize, like, hey, it, that, that's a smart home. You know, th- those are things that, that are going on. You know, you can buy your own drones now. Just there's so much cool stuff out there. So I love tech. And, you know, tech, <laughs> what's been happening lately is it's harder and harder for these huge advancements. You look at the iPhone every year, year over year, you go, man, do I really need the iPhone 14 if I've got the 13? And you're like, well, I got the 10 or the 11 or the 12. You know, th- you, you, you just look at things and you go, man, they're not these big jumps and advancements, right? But like I've always said on this podcast, a big thing for tech companies or even GM or Ford is those incremental, that's the key word, incremental year-of-year updates, right? So making things a little bit better, making quality a little bit better, and that's what we've seen from iPhone. So I would have to say, I know it's kind of a cop-out answer, but my favorite tech of 2022 is going to be the iPhone 14 Pro, you know, whatever, under that series. I think the the Ultra Watch is sick too. Some huge advancements there. But I think the the 14 Pro or you know the the, the 14 in general having that access to uh, the SOS right for the satellite type service uh, in the event that you know you're way out somewhere and you've got no cell service I think that's really kind of a, a, a thing to look into the future I do believe that Apple and Google's of the world one day are just going to go boom we've got our own satellites you've got your network I do think whether it's 10 15 20 years down the road the stuff that we experience in terms of, oh, I got to drop call and things like that. Yeah, well, that stuff still happens, technology, sure. But what you're going to find is, you know, our kids, you know, and their kids, they're not going to experience some of the same things. Remember, like, when CDs would skip and you're like, dude, like, how could this get any better? And they're like, oh, now CDs don't skip because these, you know, CD players can can read, you know, seven seconds ahead and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, okay, cool. Well, now who even fucking uses CDs, right? We're all streaming music. No, again, sometimes we're buffering. Depends on your signal and stuff. But in all seriousness, I think the the SOS feature is kind of a leap forward. Now, sure, have there been satellite phones? Absolutely. But the at, let's be honest, the average consumer, including me, I've never used a satellite phone. I've never had a need to. But seeing something had went down recently where some people drove off, I think a husband or wife drove off a cliff, and I don't know if it was in California, I assumed it was, but when they did, they had no cell phone service, and they they plummeted pretty far, and they were able to use, and I think some people were like, oh, it had to have been staged. I don't know anybody that's going to drive off a cliff 300 feet, but they were able to use the SOS feature, which they had activated, and they were able to call for help, and... Uh, that you know that whole story is kind of out there, but again, you know when the iPhone launches and you see it and you're like, oh, camera spec bombs, oh, you know SOS. I mean, I don't need that. You know what else? You're like, oh, it's the same old iPhone. Yeah, it is, but it really isn't. The always-on display to me, I think, is super sick, and you know the dynamic island. But I think the SOS feature really is that forward-thinking mindset from Apple to go, hey, how can we? maybe save some lives, you know, the crash detections also built in and stuff like that. So it is what it is. But I think that's my my top tech for uh, 2022. And I would also say DJI continues 
to just bring some heat with their drones. I, I'm looking to get you know more into that space and, and talk more about the drone stuff and footage. More on that, I think, you know, as we get sideways in the 2023. Okay, so my favorite thing, I guess, I don't know. This is kind of a weird one. I was going to ask Mike, yo, what was your favorite memory and I, or, or, or favorite moment, rather, of 2022? And obviously, I was trying to get Mike a little riled up in case, you know, I know he doesn't listen to the podcast, but last week, remember, I was saying, dude, he's out gallivanting. Where's he at? Dude, it was his birthday week. Where's he going? He's leaving again. Of course, if you guys had been listening, you knew that his his daughter Ashley was her graduation, right? So I was trying to kind of get the heat going and, you know, stir some stuff with Mike, you know, to get them all riled up. But, you know, he probably wasn't listening anyways, and he probably won't listen to this one. He's just focused on his show, Eastbound Get Down. I mean, that's where all of his mindset is, dude. And what I'll say is when I, I had a feeling when I asked Mike, Mike was going to be fresh off the graduation deal, right, with Ashley, congrats. And he was going to say, hey, that's his favorite memory, I'm sure, right, you know, for, for 2022. I had a lot of good stuff happen, you know, as far as just focus and hustling and, and just, you know, personal stuff outside the podcast. And one of my favorite things, you know, outside of the family, you know, you know, obviously family, health, all that stuff, you guys know I always say that's first. But uh, at the time of this recording, two weeks prior, I had dropped my car off at Jimmy's Running Customs, right? So I think I mentioned that. The key thing for me is I had been on the waiting list a while. And if you really slice and dice it and you go, yo, ODB, you know, you said you're on the waiting list like, you know, three, it might have been even four years because I remember ordering certain parts September 2019, but I think I was on the list maybe even at the beginning of that year. But in, what was it, February of 2021, so almost two years ago, Jimmy, I kind of had already gotten the call, so to speak. And when I got that call, Jimmy and I, and, and even Tim, his part-time employee, uh, Tim and I had been talking about doing a punch list on Bada Bing. So Bada Bing kind of got top billing you know, back then, kind of scooted that thing in, and that really took up the Lincoln spot, right? I mean, really, I think if I slice and dice it, Tim did from what Jimmy said, you know, he did pretty much all of the the punch list, you know, changing the valves on that thing where all the stainless steel lines come together and just, just going through the fuel system and just doing like a solid, 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 big punch list. So you fast forward and you go, yo, well, Jimmy, I'm picking up the truck. You know, I'm still on the list for the car, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Jimmy's super busy, and he's really a one-man show. Again, Tim is part-time. Um, you know, I don't know how many hours he works, but I know that he, he's you know he's a part-time guy there, right? And Jimmy's tried to get more uh, help and whatnot. So I'm one. I've spent a lot of time there, especially finishing Bada Bing. I don't want to ever keep saying, "Yo, yo, yo, man, I want to get this done. I want to get this done." Every so often, sure. Hey, man, how's it going, man? Don't forget, you know, I'd like to get it. And I've registered the car a couple times for different shows, including Lone Star Throwdown. But we were, they were never able to get it in until now. So two weeks ago, drop off the car. You know, we had been in kind of talks, and he goes, yo, I'm going to try to do a couple smaller jobs in December to get through the month, you know, and I've got some big stuff coming up and whatnot. So, boom, it all worked out. You know, I've been on the list, right, for those scoring at home. I don't want everyone to be like, yo, you jumped the list, ODB. Nope, that's not me. I don't want to jump any list. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I might jump Mike Murray, you know, at Eastbound Get Down maybe in a wrestling deal, but I ain't jumping any list. But that's got to be one of my top, like, feel-good moments of the year in terms of a project, right? 
I had spent some money, you know, Devious Customs on this kit, AccuWare, Chris at CNS Metalworks, you know, ordering the Universal Air Tank, my buddy Max Dooley, my severed brother, helping me get the Viar compressors, you know, just kind of a lot of moving parts. But dropping the car off at Jimmy's, and many of you, as you, if you're listening to this on day one on Friday, that that's the day I'm picking the car up. It was going to be available last weekend. I think Jimmy had to do a little bit more exhaust work on it, which I really appreciate him knocking out. And I'll be picking the car up on Friday. So really don't feel like I deserve it. You know, I feel like, yeah, it's been a long road. I'm super excited about it. But um, I just really can't believe that I'm going to have a bag 64 Lincoln Continental convertible. Like, I love this car. It came at a tough time in my life, you know, when my dad had just passed. And I just wanted to just get out there and do something. It just, you know, make a make a purchase, you know, just you know, make something happen, make a dream happen, uh, flip some things up. And I did. And, um, yeah, I just really can't believe it. So, you know, thank you to Jimmy. Uh, again, you can follow or tap on the hashtag Jimmy's with an S rod and a and D customs with a C. So just how it sounds, Jimmy's rod and customs with an S. And you can see all of the amazing work that he does. You can also follow him as well. I think that's it for kind of top 2022. Of course, next week, we're going to talk a lot about a lot more. Uh, this uh, tops of 2022 brought to you by Lone Star Throwdown. We'll be out there in Conroe, Texas. Go to LoneStarThrowdown.com for more information. Again, they may be sold out in terms of registrations, but you can gallivant on over to Conroe about 65 days from the time of this recording. Of course, it's uh, February 24th, 25th, 26th. There's a top 100 best of awards and um, much, much, much more. Plus cash giveaways, by the way. Hut 1, Hut 2, Hut 3, Hut, Old Dirty Ballard. Live and in what? Yep, in uncut. Quick one. So how are you going to support the scene sitting at home? Now don't think I'm about to go on a rant and say get out and go to shows, right? Hey, the new mentality that I've got is that's up to you guys. You know, that's based upon your time and your budget if you can do that. But get out there anyways. Build something, anything, even if it's something low-key, something in your budget. Or let's go, you go, hey, man, I don't have the time with family and all that stuff. It's just not in the cards. Hey, totally get it. That's fine too. Get out there and help your club mates, maybe someone in your area. You know, motivate them. Even if it's one day a week, one day a month, you can go over there and wrench a little bit, get your hands dirty. Man, dude, I'm telling you, if you haven't done this in a while, just to get out there and help some guys out or the ladies. I know Daryl Poe is out there hustling on Nikki's ride. She's going to be toppling to outlaw, I know, soon. But, you know, in all seriousness, you know, get out there, do something, man. Even if you got something static dropped, I see all these reels on Instagram where. You know, people are cruising, especially the the mini truck era guys and ladies, of course, out there, the new minis. You know, they're out there hustling. You know, some of them got tilt beds, some got dancing beds, some are static dropped. They're getting the younger generation involved. That's what it's about, man. Have fun, get out there, and don't feel like, you know, it's like, hey, I just, you know, I don't have the money or what. Listen, save a little bit up, maybe sell some stuff you got, sling some stuff on eBay, Facebook Marketplace, drum up a little extra cash. You'll have fun, man. Get out there, cruise. I just went to an open house. One of our severed brothers, uh, Anthony, 
uh, he has a detailing uh, company, and we got a chance to go out there. I talked to Danler and uh, Sean from from um, Aspire. You know, just good, good, good people. Had a great time. Uh, the weather's turning a little bit nice down here in Florida, and it's cruising weather. So get out there and have fun. ODB Live in a Cut brought to you by Joey at Get Decked. If you want to put your artwork or a photo on a skate deck, hit up Joey Dilworth on Facebook or Instagram. Look up Get Decked. You'll see uh, Joey Get Decked VA. Hit him up. It goes down in the DM. He'll take care of you. Okay, so here's a tough, tough, tough tr- tr- trivia question for you. Now it's time to get serious. Now I'm gonna, you're gonna have to wait until the audio later to hear the answer to this one. Okay, but there's an entire backstory we've never talked about in the movie Ferris Bueller's Day Off. What was the name of Charlie Sheen's character in the movie? Okay, what was the name of Charlie Sheen's character in the movie? The bonus, which I know might blow some of your minds, is how does that name tie into another part of the movie? Okay, think principal later on. Think Mr. Rooney, you know what I mean? So I know that one's like, dude, that's that's like a level 10. You know, you guys are going, yo, it's the holidays, yo, ODB. I'm looking for like kind of a light one. You know what I'm saying? Like Mike, let's be honest, Mike would have never got this one. There's no way. But it's a John Hughes Easter egg, and there's a little bit of a backstory to it, so I will mention it a little bit later with our guest, Charlie Wickham. The trivia is brought to you by AccuAire. If you're looking for air management for your air suspension, hit up AccuAire. Com. Also, maybe you're not in the market for air suspension. Hit up AccuAir.com anyways because they've got merch available. So if you want to support the real, maybe you want an air freshener, some stickers, decals, or some merchandise, hit up AccuAir.com, A-C-C-U-Air.com. All right, the scene updates. Man, I don't know how many of these I'm going to cover this week. I'm trying to you know cut my audio back a little bit. We do have a little over an hour with the big homie, Charles which I think will be fantastic. There's so much going on. I know Mini Truck Matt out there is really killing it. If you guys like these short videos on social media, I think he's on TikTok, those batch to Facebook and Instagram, and he's also out on YouTube. Uh, you know, He's kind of found his niche, as I say, and I appreciate that. Mini Truck Matt, he's a good dude. He's out there uh, hustling doing the damn thing, and again, he's finding his own little way to maybe motivate some guys, which I think is fantastic, so wanted to give him a huge shout-out. Uh, and I also wanted to say, if you want to check out something on Instagram, type in the on Instagram, number two, underscore ballistic, B-A-L-L-I-S-T-I-C, two, underscore ballistic. Check it out. Just going to leave it at that. Just going to leave it at that. There's going to be more coming. You know what I'm saying? And it ties into a shout-out on the last episode. Somehow, some way. We keep coming up with funky-ass Easter eggs like every single day. Like every single day or something. Something like that. Those are the only two scene updates. Wow, I kept it short that time. The scene updates are brought to you by Garage Gear Clothing. Visit garagegearclothing.com. They've got tons of merch, including... I love those step van shirts. That's my favorite one I always wear. Free shipping on orders of $100 or more. They got t-shirt, women's, hoodies, hats, accessories. 
Check them out. They're also on YouTube. That's free content, courtesy of Lonnie and team at Garage Gear Clothing. All right. Next, we got the show updates, and I know I have not spent a lot of time on these show updates. I've got to go through and uh, make some updates on our digital calendar, but I'm basically being told uh, on this podcast that I produce that I've got to talk about this, but Eastbound Get Down, which I call EBGD, EastboundGetDownShow.com for more specifics. You have a show going down, Destination Daytona Complex in Ormond Beach, just a stone's throw from uh, Daytona. Pre-registration started August 31st, 2022, and we're going to be out at the show January 13th, 14th, and 15th of 2023. Now, I told Mike, there's a small chance, dude. I mean, hey, let's uh, just one game at a time. The pack did take down the Rams. You know, that's wild card weekend. Well, you know, Uncle Wildcard Willie might be coming over. You know what I'm saying? So I just said, hey, yo, I know most mini truckers, thankfully, aren't football fans. Which, why do they call it football anyways? Isn't football soccer? Like, I don't understand that. But we're not here to debate that. Eastbound Get Down Show is the 13th, 14th, 15th. OLP will be out there for the first time ever. We will be vending there. Now, again, if the Packers are in it and Mike doesn't have, like, a suite set up down there with maybe a 60, 70-incher, TV, then I may not be there. You know what I'm saying? I mean, Hank might be slinging all the merch. We'll have to kind of see. But January 13th, 14th, 15th, Eastbound Get Down 2023. Uh, You can check out Eastbound Get Down Show for more. Okay, outside of that, I'm only going to hit on um, four shows. So that's number one. Number two, February, we talked about Lone Star Throwdown. So we'll be out there, arguably the biggest, baddest truck show literally in the world. Uh, you, you get a little bit of everything, amazing vendors. You'd be hard-pressed to go to another show that's kind of centered around our truck scene and find this many vendors. Sure, you can go to Good Guys. Sure, you can go to Grand National Roadster Show or Cruising uh, for a Cure and those kind of big conglomerate shows, but that's not like our mini truck scene, right? That's not the full-size scene, right? So, again, the biggest, baddest show, in my opinion, LoneStarThrowdown.com for more We'll be out there that third weekend in Conroe, Texas. Okay, after that, we're going to be at Orange Beach Invasion. So, again, obishow.com, which I love that they own that URL, obishow.com, March 24th, 25th, 26th. Now, you go, yo, ODB, there's a lot of shows going on. Why would I go to OBI? Well, it's arguably, I've been doing a lot of shows for 25-plus years, arguably the best venue in the country for you to go to a show and get ready for this spectators are how much Mike uh, never mind he's not here zero dollars to spectate you will not find many shows in the country that aren't a charity show that are free spectators okay so there's a lot to see it's an amazing venue book those hotels now Many of you are going to be on spring break, the 24, 25, 26, 2023. Orange Beach Invasion. Go to obishow.com for more. And then last but not least, I do want to talk about Mini Truckin' Nats. Uh, if you type in minitruckinnats.com, you're going to land on their page. Again, another show where the registration is closed, but hear me out. There's going to be people coming from the West 
coast. There's going to be people from all over the world. And you can cruise. You can hop in a ride and cruise. This show has the whole package. Jason Bell and team, tip of the cap. They're carrying on the tradition of this amazing show. It's the 21st, 22nd, 23rd of 2023 in Maggie Valley, North Carolina. So come on up, presented by Bell's Rod Shop. Good people. Cruise the Strip. Dude, it's going down on the Strip this year. I can guarantee it. The show updates brought to you by the West Coast Influence. How do you buy the West Coast Influence, do you ask? Well, you go to minitruckfilm.com. Sure, you're probably going, yeah, right. Yeah, minitruckfilm.com. You can pick up the Blu-ray or DVD, the West Coast Influence. They also have a few die casts left. And, um, yeah, check it out. Dotson 620 Mini Truck, Hot Wheels, Blu-ray, DVD, you name it, minitruckfilm.com. Uh, the podcast updates. So, because of the holiday, I, the skate decks, I think, are still in the works to be shipped. And I s- sincerely apologize for this. There was a mix-up in the shipment to us. So, fingers are crossed. We're going to get these shipped very soon. I know we've got some orders that are pending and just bear with us. I appreciate the patience. Thank you, Graphics Mafia. They uh, sponsored this segment. If you need stickers, go to G-R-A-P-H-I-X, mafia.com. Good people. Hit up Buddy or Ryan. They're also on Facebook or Instagram. And let them know what you need. My wife recently hit up Buddy and said, yo, I need some vinyl. He said, what do you want it to say? They got it. They, you know, It went down in the DM. They got it figured out. And boom, a couple days later, it arrived here. Free shipping in good old Lutz, Florida. Lutz. That's Lutz, Florida. And lastly, we got the Airhead Nation updates. So here's one. I wanted to give a huge shout-out to the big homie, big supporter, great guy in the mini truck scene. Really two. Um, so the first one uh, I'm going to give to Jamil. And Jamil, like I said, is a great guy in this scene of ours. He's always out there hustling. He's also a fellow male person, right? Do you, say, do you still say mailman? But he is, um, he's moving on to, to bigger, to greener pastures. And he says, last box, last building, last delivery in 33323 was an amazing journey. Absolutely blessed beyond belief. On to the next. That's Jimmy O'Connor. Of course, many speculated, well, where are you going? And of course, he's getting the new route. I think he said he's transitioning to a different uh, route, I guess is kind of how he said it. But he, he said it's really rare to get a transfer is what I believe I read in the comments. So big ups to the big homie. And then I also want to wish a happy born day to Colin Haggy. Colin's a great kid. He turned 18 and loved seeing it. He, of course, had his uh, mom and dad and family. They gave a truck to him at Mini Nats a couple of years ago and surprised them. We'll have to check in with Colin soon and see how he's doing. Good kid. Airhead Nation updates brought to you by CNS Metalworks. Uh, if you need parts such as AccuWare or Universal Air, go to cs-metalworks.com. That's cs-metalworks.com. Of course, Instagram, CNS Metalworks. You can send them a DM. Hit up Chris. If you need air valves or you need Universal Air products, AccuWare, you name it, buyer compressors, uh, Chris can take care of you, maybe save you a little bit of money, and he can help you make sure you're making the right choice. If you're in Cali and you need fab work, dude, they do fantastic work. Hit up Chris and uh, make sure you tell him ODB sent you. With that being said, thank you guys for all the support this year. I really mean it. 
and have a Merry Christmas. You know, some of you are listening to this on Friday. Some will hear it afterwards. But listen, put down the phones. Have some fun with your family. Uh, if you stream us before, great. If you stream us after, great. If you don't stream us, we don't really care. We're just doing it because we love it. We thank you guys. Sub, uh, spread the love, you know what I'm saying, to the family, to the homies, to the chicas, the senoritas. Let everybody know you appreciate them. Uh, you, you know, it's YOLO, right? And just know that if you share the podcast with the homies, let them know, check us out. It's all positivity. We're going to get sideways in the 2023 We'll hit you guys, Lord willing, with another episode next week talking about our best of trucks. You won't want to miss it. There's going to be some, maybe some some minds blown. We'll have to see. Thank you, guys. Enjoy this audio with Charles Wickham. We out here. Where's Mike? So, still gal. Yep, he's still galloping. Peace. Yo, yo, so I'm so excited to sit back down. Round two. And Charles, I wanted to make sure I was saying it right because I think I pronounced it wrong once on the last episode, but it's Charles Wickman, technically, right? It's, it's pronounced Wickham, Wickham. but uh, okay. there, are, there are a couple individuals uh, that will basically disagree with you <laughs> and uh, and say my last name is pronounced Wickman. But uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of an inside joke. It started a few years ago when I was... Uh, first starting contributing at uh, onbankshift.com and the owners of the site brian lowens which you may know the name from uh, fox sports he's on uh, the initiary announcer and chad reynolds who's actually uh, been an uh, announcer for the optima uh, streetcar challenge uh you'll hear him at holly fest holly ellis fest ford fest uh, mopar party uh, all in bowling green so yeah those two have basically just uh uh, I guess beat me to death about it, and I just kind of just go along with it now. So <laughs> when people call me something different, I would go. I, I always say I've been called worse. You know, true. It, what, what was ironic is I was saying it the one way, but then when I was doing the little cover art that we do for each of our episodes, and I was typing it all out, and I'm always like double, triple check, like do I have spelling errors, you know, that type of thing. And then I was like, wait, maybe I was pronouncing it wrong. But I got it now. I got it. But yeah, we 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 can keep it like that. So it's all good. Yeah, I appreciate you coming back on for round two. You know, we we had good guys like Matt and Up and so many others that were like, "Yo, we knew there was more meat on the bone. Let's let's get the stories out." But you you mentioned some big names just now. But I remember when we sat down a couple weeks ago, uh, Wes Allison's name came up, and I kind of said, "You know, Wes and I exchange a comment here and there." I don't know him really well. Um, rest in peace, uh, Alex Who. He had sent us a behind-the-scene photo of Ryan Fringlinghouse's, uh, for uh, the forerunner. And, you know, Wes, you could barely see him in the shot, which was kind of cool and stuff. But you you've, you spent a little bit of time with him, right? You kind of, I'm sure, call him a friend. Do I remember that correctly? Yeah. Uh, Wes and myself, uh, we've uh, been at a number of events together. Uh, we've shot drag racing events. We've been on Hot Rod Power Tour. Um, there was an uh, uh, event where a uh, roadkill was traveling from 
what was it? I want to say Detroit to Dallas. And there was a big after party at a drive-in theater and um, ended up with Wes. We were doing some photos and uh, a guy by the name of Lucky Costa that uh, he's on Hot Rod Garage. Uh, we were sitting around uh, kind of joking about the the week and the event and uh, laughing it up having cookies at a drive-in theater of all things. But uh, yeah, I've known Wes uh, for quite a few years and also... Um, when in 2016, when I was on America's Funny Stone Videos, uh, Wes uh, picked me up after we we shot the TV show and took us into uh, Hollywood, took us to the Peterson Automotive Museum, um, kind of just like hung out with him for the day. So, I mean, that was awesome for him to basically go kind of go out of his way and uh, basically show me that kind of stuff. But, yeah, the Peterson was just mind blowing that uh uh, and of course he had, he had the insider, uh, scoop. So basically we kind of just like the, uh, the velvet ropes parted and we walked right in sort of thing. So, yeah, that's really cool. We've wanted to get, I've wanted to get him on. And one of the things I'm going to announce it now, one of the things that we've always wanted to tell Wes, you know, is a big thank you, but being that you're kind of friends, I'm sure you could relay it. Maybe you can nudge him and say, yo, if you haven't listened, you got to listen to this episode three what is it? Three. It's gonna be three twenty. But Wes, for those that don't know, you know, you guys know I sliced and diced mini truck in more ways than you can. He shot the most covers. Okay, Charles. So this this is a little trivia for you, right? There's two hundred and sixty nine issues of Mini Trucking Magazine, right? Eighty eight. Okay. It's all the way to twenty fourteen, right? Something like that. Can't believe right. it's been gone that long. What would you get one guess? Now it's time to get serious. Okay, out of 269 issues, okay, Wes Allison was credited. I think every one of his, I'm, I'm pretty certain every one of his covers were just a single credit. It was him uh, in terms of who was credited. How many out of the 269 do you think Wes Allison shot? Oh, uh, see, I'm, I'm kind of just roughly guessing there was Allen, then Mike. Um, I know Joe Greaves shot. A, I believe Joe Greaves shot a few covers. Courtney shot a number of covers. Uh, Lance, Sean, uh, two sixty nine. I want to say West was probably around the one sixty five mark. Well, you kind of shot high. If I was now, if we were on the prices right, I would come in at a dollar, a dollar, Bob. I'll take one dollar, okay? Because <laughs> I would be playing the game that I'm thinking you're shooting high. And you kind of did, but this is why we ask. He shot, believe it or not, I don't think anybody's ever broken this down, 56 covers. That's, tw- that's just oh, under wow. 21%, though. Think about that. That's a fifth yeah. of all covers for one publication. And, you know, we're talking, he, you know, he got kind of started in the late 90s, right? So I'll talk about more in the future, but um, the next person in line, I'm not going to give away the person's name, was at, uh, tw- well, there's a couple. You, you got to kind of add them together. But, um, but, but yeah, he was at 56. We'll leave it at that right now. But um, okay. Steve Stillwell, rest in peace, he, he shot one. He shot really? one. Yep, he shot one cover. And, uh that was the November 92, the Trucks Arosa issue, which was kind of cool. Okay. But but being able to slice and dice it at, at kind of a fingertip to me is cool because, 
like you said, you know, you think about like Wes and, and, and all the stuff that he's done. It's been cool. Uh, is there one adventure that you remember going with Wes on maybe that you haven't shared yet? Uh, there was, if those of you out there that followed like David Freiberg on social media, uh, who's the, the past editor of uh, Hot Rod magazine now, like roadkill fame, he is basically, he's bleeds gasoline diehard through and yes. through. Yep. And he's kind of, I wouldn't say outspoken on the electric, uh, automotive, uh, movement, sure. yeah. but, um, it was the end of power tour in 2015, I believe when it ended in Dallas and, uh, I was hanging out with Wes and he's like, Hey, I, I've got to shoot a cover in a little bit. And it's like, I'm going to need some help. And I was like, all right, I'll, I'll help out. And we're standing there talking and the spot we're going to do it. And David Freiberger pulls up in a Toyota Prius. <laughs> a rental, of course. Yeah, it was a rental. But the cover, I I don't even remember what he, it had to be 2015, 2016 when the, the cover came out. But it was the Hot Ride Power Tour that year. And there's a full-blown rat rod uh, out of the East Coast. And there were multiple frame shots. And we moved the Prius around uh, to make it look like the, the rat rod was surrounded by, like in a parking lot, but surrounded by Priuses. Right. So we shot, we shot, I think there was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, eleven, two, right around like 15 frames, I believe moving this Prius around and laid them all top on, on top of one another so that looked like the Prius it was basically uh, surrounding this car. <laughs> but yeah, that took us, wow, uh, close to a couple hours, I believe. But Wes was in a, a scissor lift about 15 feet off the ground, so he had to stay up there and couldn't move his camera from, his, from the position. So Freiburg and myself were like moving his Prius around. Uh, around the car and like marking the ground with tape so that we didn't like overlap the, the images. So, but if you look at the cover real close, you will actually see uh, black gaff tape uh, stuck on the ground. Nice. From, uh, when we're moving around, I, I saw that and it's like, I, I kind of, I actually haven't told anyone that before, but yeah, you uh, there's probably a couple of people that, that uh, I spotted that, but well, and something that you made me think of, right. When you talk about the work that's put in, I kind of made this comment and this wasn't slate, you know, going against any of the newer guys or whatever, but I was going through a flip through on YouTube and I was talking, you know, I think I was looking at maybe a Brian McCormick feature, and, you know, BMC just did such an amazing job, especially for street trucks. I mean, a lot of epic trucking covers, don't get me wrong. But when he was shooting them, remember when they he'd bring the truck out and they'd shoot the water? They were kind of on that big open tarmac. Yes. And, you know, yeah. And, yeah. and you think about, like, what you were just talking about with West and stuff. A lot of, I, I know I'm going to sound old because, like, these younger kids, they just don't understand, Charles. But if you think about the time and effort that went into stuff, you know, a lot of it was on film, you know, okay, it's on digital now, but the setup yeah. and things like that, you know, it, and now the digital age that we live in, you know, many of us can just take our iPhones and, and do some cool content, you know, not super high resolution, but we're on Instagram, whatever. Do, do you ever like scratch your head and think, man, is it, is like photography to a certain extent, it's almost like a lost art, I'm sure, for some of these like true photographers. 
Yeah, I've I've got a, a more photographer friends than I can count, and a lot of a lot of the guys are older guys. I mean, they're older than me that have been doing it for decades, and they've gone to basically gone back to shooting film like it was like in the sixties, seventies, and eighties, uh, refurbishing old cameras, and just to get that that texture and feel to it. I mean, it's, yeah, it's a little edgy, a little grainy. It's not like, like you basically shot it on a digital and ran it through Lightroom or Photoshop to process it. But it's just like one guy in particular, Randy Anderson, he has shot for, uh, the NHRA national dragster phenomenal, just mind blowing, uh, with what he does. And he's just one of those ones that he's like, he would rather shoot film than digital just because of the feel to it. Yeah, and with mo- even with movies, you know, we've heard of some of these over the past. I can't really think of one off the top of my head, but I know, you know there's some directors that go, hey, we're going we're gonna to shoot in Panavision. You know, we're going to, this is going to be a film, you know, this is going to be on film. Yeah. And obviously, you know, it takes, you know, kind of a big producer or director to be able to kind of call those shots. But I, I sometimes wonder if, you know, almost like a lost art, you know, now, now don't get me wrong. There's like, you know, there are photographers out there that are shooting amazing in in digital and um, like John O'Neill, for instance. Oh yeah. John, uh, John O is just amazing with what he does. Yeah. And if you think about Johnny O photo, you know, some of these guys will wait all day for certain setups and, and, and the lighting and the things like that. But I mean, they're, they're true professionals. And I think like, the the day and age we live in now with like Facebook and Instagram and some of these different social platforms, it's almost like I feel like people don't value that where they really should. Yeah. Another photographer to touch on real quick, uh, Larry Chin out of California. If you get a chance to look at his stuff from Pike's Peak, he's been the Pike's Peak photographer for the past few years. Uh-huh. And his photos that are just, just jaw-dropping. I meant the car... Of course, Pikes Peak is 14,000 feet uh, located in Colorado Springs, but the mountain, uh, the clouds, the mountain's actually above the cloud line. So you'll see like this desolate road, one car on it, and all you see is just clouds surrounding it. It's just how he's able to like look at the weather. I mean, know where the sun is going to be. And I mean, he's shot it so many times, he knows where the sweet spots are. But just like his stuff the past couple of years is just like, like, holy crap, dude. And we talked a little bit about it when I saw him at uh, a grid life event this a uh, few months ago uh, here in Colorado. And I was just like, dude, you're just, just killing it. And he's just like, he was just kind of chuckled about it. And he's like, yeah, it's just, it's one of those things you've, you've done so many times. You just kind of, you already know your camera settings. You already know like how to work it all. And it's just kind of like, it just kind of just, falls in place yeah it it, it kind of does because i mean it's so natural to them i had bought on ebay a couple years ago some slides and they were like in a manila folder and i had just had to have them and they were from mini trucking a mini trucking show i'll have to think of who the, the name is I, I think i looked him up and he's kind of a famous photographer but he had shot you know someone had wrote his name on them you know maybe they were sent into a magazine or somehow somebody ended up with them but uh-huh. they were they were slides, and I thought to myself, how like how cool was it? And they were from like 1984, 1983, 84. And wow. uh, I, I'll remember in a minute. I'm trying to think of the guy's name, but I just really thought back to myself when people were telling me stories, like when Mini Truck and Magazine when they moved, 
I think they they had a big move in maybe the late 90s, you know, when some of the consolidations, McMullen Publishing and all that stuff, McMullen Argus. But then people were telling me, yeah, I mean, I remember just taking cabinets and dumping, like, the the, the sheets and, and just uh, just all of it, just right in the dumpster, dude. And I thought to oh, myself, man, imagine if you had, like, all the, just the sheets from, like, the features and the slides and all that stuff, man. That's just... And that's really sad to hear stuff like that. I know Peterson Publishing, uh, they actually have a staff that does nothing but catalog all the photos and slides from the very first uh, feature or photos they shot back in 1949 was when the first issue of Hot Rod uh, first came out. But yeah, there's a full-time staff like in the basement of one of the buildings. That's all they do. They just go through stuff and just... and. Uh, they have a uh, Instagram page, and it's just some of the, the stuff that just kind of pops up every now and then, just like, like just wow, like a glad it was saved. And I think that's the whole thing with like the Pierce Museum; it's about preserving history. Yeah, like Ford Museum, I I sometimes will find some stuff on there about Lincoln's. They, I think they've went through and they've digitized all of their content, and uh, you know, obviously, it takes staff; it takes a lot of time, but it's you know, it's it's history and you can go on there and you can see the number and how they've cataloged it on the, the Henry Ford museum website, which is kind of cool. But, um, the, the other thing that I thought, you, you know, you mentioned EV earlier, there's, you know, there's this big debate. There's a lot of hate, you know, there's, I've, I've gotten to a point in my life where it's like, look, if somebody likes something, I don't, I don't feel like I have to go out there and argue with people on some, digital platform about why they're wrong and I'm right. You know, like you right. like Ford, I like Chevy, blah, 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 you know, but I do realize that's a big thing, right? It's the E word engagement. So when you think about the, the internal combustion engine and you think about EV, people forget EV was around a hundred years ago. Some of the first cars were EV, right? They weren't obviously as efficient as yeah, there was we have like early 19th. Yeah, early nineteen hundreds. There were a couple of them that were actually full blown. Of course, the batteries were—I couldn't tell you how like how big they were, but I mean the the batteries were ginormous. But they had a range of like I what like three miles or something like that. But I meant, yeah, it was like there was the I, ideal was there, but then you got basically the Dodge brothers and Henry Ford and uh, Oldsmobile and DM basically saying. No, that's kind of not what you want to do. And basically, they uh, basically grease the palms of po politicians. And it's kind of like that stuff is basically like uh, kind of goes away. Like the the same same line with the uh, the Tucker of nineteen uh, of the fifties. In something, I mean, obviously, right? You're putting the pieces of the puzzle together. But something that's always intrigued me is when you think about like. You know, a lot of people like t today. It's like nobody's going to come steal your '64 Lincoln or Impala and go. You can't have that anymore, right? The way I look at right. it is this: if the younger people and the environmental conscious people, if they think they're doing something good, maybe they are, maybe they're not. I'm not here to debate that. But whatever they want to do, like I look at it and say, man, maybe the 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 petroleum consumption will go down, right? Because we've always seen that, like when if it, you know, there's different things like if the um, if the you know there's the supply and demand, right? So, like yeah. for instance, in 20 years, is gas going to be is gasoline going to be ten dollars a gallon or is it going to be two dollars a gallon? 
I look at it and say, well, dude, if everybody jumps to a new platform, you know, in 20 or 30 years, you might go to a gas station. I mean, what is the gas station going to look like? You know, are you going to order gas through like, you know, somebody's going to deliver it to your house and just gallons? I mean, you know, you just, you think ahead. But the point is like, when I think back to uh, Jay Leno was recently injured and he had just filmed or they had just released the thing with the whole, the president, right? And there was the EV. I got to see the Ford F100, I think it was, at SEMA. I got to talk to the guy that helped build it. And there was so much hate on it, dude. Like, people, like, I was just there for the comments. People were like, man, I can't believe, you know, I mean, just literally took Jay Leno from someone they appreciated to he's a piece of trash because he did this video with this guy, whether you agree with right. the guy or not, whatever, right? But it made me think, like, to myself, when, when he got injured, the comments were disgusting. The comments were like, yeah, I bet, I bet the fucking, the, the, the electric vehicle exploded and all. I mean, dude, it was just, it was just filthy shit, dude. I mean, I'm like, dude, the guy's yeah, yeah. fucking burned his face. Then you come to find out it was a fucking steam engine, dude. So right. think about all those years ago, if the steam engine people were like, you know what? Screw these, these guys that want to, you know, take oil and make it into fuel. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, were they pissed? Exactly. Or were the guys on the horses and carriage going, you know, this is fucked up, man. You know, our horse value is going to go. I mean, it's like if you just stop and think about it, who cares what the next guy wants to do as long as it's not impacting you? <laughs> and Jay Leno, I was like, I, I applaud the guy because, I mean, he, yeah, he, he may have uh, an EV vehicle or a few of them. I, I don't know how, what all his personal collection yeah, is. Yeah. But the man has vehicles that run on, like, gasoline, steam electricity he has a car that is a gas is powered by a gas turbine i mean he's got a motorcycle that's actually powered by a gas turbine yeah and it's just like and those burn kerosene jp5 i mean which is aviation fuel but it's just like i mean the guy is he's not like it's he's not like settled on one brand i mean he he likes basically anything that's on two three four wheels yep and it's like he's preserving it, I guess, and you could almost say in a way. I meant uh, just basically the, the the history, the heritage of it all, and that's what I think is great about it. I mean, I would love the opportunity to to basically just walk through his garage and uh, see what all he has. But it's just like, and but I mean, to let alone talk to the guy, and it's kind of like what what is what is ticking in his mind to basically for him to do all this. Yep. Yeah, and I just sometimes think, like, again, I know everybody likes to get their opinion out there. I've just gotten to a point where I was like, look, I'm not going to argue. Like I said earlier, I'm not going to argue with people that I don't even know. Like, if you wanted to have a cool debate, like if I was for EV and you were, and you're like, well, man, why? And you're like, well, it destroys the environment anyways, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, let's have a debate. But, like, you know, again, when, you know, I'm not even saying I'm for or against electric vehicles, you know, I could really care less. It's not my thing, at least right now. Dude, today on the way to work, I saw like a guy or a lady driving a new Tesla, dude, like literally like a race car driver, literally weaving yeah. in and out of traffic, like dude, to the point that I'm like, bro, like this guy, someone's got to be on drugs, right? Going faster than all the other cars and stuff. I mean, it doesn't matter oh, yeah. what you're behind. There's still freaking animals out there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. They're going to cause accidents. You know, blah blah blah. It's all going to happen, but well, I don't know, man. I think too. Well, here in Colorado, um, there's like the big push for EV vehicles, and a lot of I wouldn't, I don't, I'm not going to say they're environmentalists, but maybe people that just want to think they're doing, yeah, doing good. I mean, 
the amount of electric vehicles here are just like mind blowing. Just seeing like the charging stations and I don't know if you're familiar with the Rivian electric truck. I mean, there's, I see two to three of those like every day, every model Tesla, the, the Fisker, uh, what was it? Fisker or something or another. I can't remember the name of it, but uh, I've seen a couple uh uh, supercars that are, are hybrids and electrics, just like like just coming from Texas, it's like where you got a handful of Teslas that you see, like basically around uh, the major metro, metro cities. But like out the country where I live, I mean, you just you didn't see them just because I mean Texas is so spread out, and basically you would have to drive someplace, charge a vehicle just to get back. Yeah. Well, and I think, too, a lot of what I've learned is that, you know, people or, you know, groups of people, they don't like, you know, what's going to potentially change, right? So, you know, Coca-Cola is not going to stop selling, you know, plastic bottles because, I mean, how much do they make from it? You go to the grocery store, you can buy a $2, you know, two liter. You go to the store, you get a little 16-ounce thing, and it's, you know, two bucks, right? I mean, they make there's money there. And it's kind of just like the, the, the oil industry. I mean, they, if you work in the oil fields, you know, you don't want to hear that there. Hey, there's this new thing coming, but it's just the way evolution is. It's and it's kind of like even cellular towers. Back in the day, everyone had their own towers, and then now a lot of guys go, okay, well, we don't need to have twenty towers in this one space. We'll have one tower. We'll lease the space. You know, and now, you know, they're talking about you know one day it'll just be all satellites, you know? So if you're a cell phone technician, you know, you don't want to hear that because you're like, well, man, I make good money. I want to keep... So it, it, it's like going back to what Craig Fraser said last time he was on, you know, it's like you, you kind of... It's not even you kind of. You just have to be able to evolve, you know? And some of us, you know, I, I'm not going to say I'm 100% ready for it. The last thing I'll say too on the topic was uh, I just read today, no joke, that Walmart is rolling out drone deliveries, if you live within one or three miles, I think, of the Walmart. And not only is someone flying the drone to your spot, there's a cable that's going to come down, apparently, because I don't, I don't know how low they can fly to, you know, above your property. There's a cable yeah. that's going to come down and drop it right in a particular spot of your yard. Like, so, you know, some of us are going, no, there's no way this is ever going to happen. Like, dude, it's happening now. So it's like you have to kind of evolve, you know? So. Yeah, it's just kind of like with that kind of technology. There's, yeah, there are going to be instances of uh, uh, trials and tribulations. I don't want to use the word failure, sure, because I mean at least they're trying. But uh, yeah, there will be issues. I mean, there will be uh, bugs to work out. Oh yeah, but but yeah, the the drone delivery thing. I think I'm not saying it's far fetched, but I mean it is. You can almost say it's way of the future. I mean, if you go back and just watch the Jetsons right? and, and see how many things of uh, basically have come through like with like flat screens and moving floors and robots that vacuum. It's just like, it's kind of like they were predicting the future. Yep. Yeah. And my thought is that, you know, if people do decide that, Hey, you know, this world's going to go electric or whatever, you know, I'm still going to have my old stuff. You know, I mean, it's going to be hundreds, if not, you know, more years before everything, you know, something cataclysmic right. could happen before, you know, the, the internal combustion engine is gone, right? So, you know, again, I just, I caution people, don't freak out over 
you know, oh my God, you know, so what if your neighbor wants to have an EV? I read an article right before we uh, jumped on here was a guy that has a Rivian. And I look at the truck and, you know, I'm not going to say I like it or I don't. It just is what it is. Right. I've seen a, a couple driving. I said, asked my son, hey, you know what that is? Oh, yeah, I've seen those. And it was a guy, his homeowners association, I forget what state it is, has giving him issues because he has a Rivian. And, you know, you could slice it and go, well, if you read the article, they basically say, well, if you have any, tr- if you have a truck or RV, you're not allowed to have it parked in front of your house, dude. And this, and this, according to this HOA. So, of course, the guy's like, well, these other guys have trucks. And, and they're kind of trying to say, well, these guys are, don't like that it's an EV and it's an eyesore and all this stuff. And I'm like, dude, like, again, I know that's just one example. There's a lot of people that live in the country. I get it. But. <laughs> I just, I almost like, again, I don't care what other people drive. That's not what I'm going to be driving, though. <laughs> What's funny is, like, I've got a good friend. Uh, I'll I'll leave his name. Uh, sure, sure. I'll leave him nameless. But he has a Lamborghini Superlegra that is basically he uses for land speed racing. It, he's gone, like, 250 miles an hour, like, in the standing mile with his car. car is just mind-blowing. Has an, an R35 GTR the same way has a turbocharged Hayabusa and he told me uh, a couple months ago that he put a down payment down on the new all electric DeLorean nice okay so it's kind of like he he's just one of those ones it's like he's he's doesn't care like whether pros or cons basically it's like it's something cool it's something different and is I want it cool yeah and it's like hey I mean whatever floats your boat you know I know people that exactly. like the Tesla cars. They like all the tech. You know, they can go on their Apple Watch, and the car comes over to them. It picks them up. I mean, do I like technology? Absolutely. I mean, are there some things I'm going to go, hey, I can't afford, or maybe I just don't want it? Absolutely. But, you know, I just I just don't understand the hate that people get, you know. Um, when I was helping street trucks, you know, SEMA 2021 with their social media you know, we would post EV stuff, and I mean, dude, it was just so much hate. People were like, oh, they ruined the vehicle. How many people take a, a Bronco, just the sheet metal, and they put one together? You know, it happens all the time. And, you know, well, they think it's I- an original one. It's like it's like the mind, you're tricked so often. Like, you, you see a Mustang, and you're like, oh, you ruined the Mustang. It's like, yeah, it's probably basically all new sheet metal. It's not even an original car. Yeah, the uh, the the PowerShift program uh, I'm I'm on every once in a while. We talked about we touched on that about SEMA this past SEMA and the number of vehicles that were electric that basically you you would walk by until you actually looked in the engine compartment or the bed and it's like you're seeing batteries or a, a motor of some kind and it's just like well holy crap it's like then you think why would you do that and it's like. Here's my thoughts on this. Uh, when when people say why, um, the generations before us, the baby boomers and the, that generation, are uh, unfortunately uh, passing away, and they're the ones that own the 32 Ford Hot Rods, the the 40 Ford Fastbacks, the 57 Chevys, and there are generations that basically don't care about those cars. Yeah. I mean, they they don't have any type of connection with them. And I mean, you're going to see like those prices on those kind of vehicles drop drastically over the next ten years. You would think, and, right? And you're going to see people like start picking those up, and it's like, well, if we're going to go on this EV route, and I mean, there's just stuff out there. It's like, why you got like these these younger kids that uh, 
want to do that kind of tech. Yep. So they get something that's inexpensive and it's like, well, I could do this. And it's like, it's something different. Yeah. And if they, and if they are saving money, let's say on fuel, like, I don't know, I've never done the calculations. Maybe the insurance is more, maybe the payment's higher. I don't know. But at the end yeah. of the day, I just look at it and say, hey, if you like that, that's great. You know, uh, I can still be friends with someone that has, has an EV. I don't think I've unfriended anyone yet. Uh, we were at a Halloween get together at my buddy Marlin's and his neighbor who I've known Nick for a while. You know, Nick goes, yeah, man, we just got a such and such EV and. He goes on his app, and the thing drives right up to us. I go, well, hold on, dude. There's a Lincoln right there. Be careful, man. Don't fucking hit the car. There's nobody driving this thing. You know, kind of Night Rider-ish, but it's crazy how things have, have went. But but speaking – so I want to change the subject, though. Speaking of oil fields, I had posted David Morris's Mazda, I think, on YouTube. We did a flip-through. And um, yes. Matt Nupp or someone had chimed in and said, you know, I did a feature on the cover – for our YouTube channel, and then somebody goes, oh, don't forget the Mazdas in there. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember the Mazda. But those truckins, as you know, dude, they're, they're huge. But you remember, right. you reminded me that David's truck was, was you know, there's like one of three versions of that. Yeah, David uh, was one of those ones. He was uh, AC always changing. He first had his Mazda. It was, uh, I, I'm not sure if it was the same peach or not. Uh, may have been resprayed, but he took it to uh, the Cajun Mini Nats, which was held uh, in Jennings, Louisiana, at the Oilfield Park. Uh, it was a show back in the uh, early mid '90s, and he was on hydraulics and like 15 by 10 McLean wires, 15 A's, 15 10s. I'm not exactly sure what. Yeah, but yeah, he got featured. There was this one spot you'll you'll see like a number of features for basically. Uh, in the same spot, you'll see the tall, uh, tall grass behind it, and the vehicles. Uh, that's kind of a giveaway. But yeah, David's truck was first shot there. He had, of course, the the paint, the, the wheels. It was lowered. Uh, had interior, interior, and stereo. One of his good friends, Heath Moore, which you probably know from oh, yeah. Texas Metal, that did the uh, the first few seasons was doing the interiors for uh, Bill at, at Extensive. Yeah. Um, then. David, I think that's when I had my Toyota at Jennings in 94. And I think that's when David kind of saw like, oh, okay, this this ultra low thing is kind of cool. And he wanted to do it with his truck. Then basically he took his truck in and he, he did all the work himself. I mean, he was, um, he yeah, he did have a few rents help, but majority of the work was done by him. Uh, yeah. In his, uh, and that truck is so killer. That truck is so killer, too, because there's so many trucks. I don't want to say they're forgotten, but it's like there's so many. There's a lot that run through my mind. And then when Matt Nupp goes, yo, don't forget about the Peach Mazda and that issue. And I'm like, boom. And, and of course, it's, you know, I remember the truck. Didn't really remember the name. But it's like, you know, you look at that truck and say Colorado Custom Wheels, super clean engine bay. I mean, a chrome rear axle, juiced, super yeah. low, clean interior. And that's the cool thing that I try to remind people, especially in the flip-throughs, on YouTube is we, we do have to be, dude, I mean this with the utmost respect, we've got to be thankful for these publications all these years because, you know, pre-internet, this stuff wouldn't be kind of cataloged the way it is. Right. So I think that's that's big stuff. Listen, I know you're a huge pop culture fan, and we didn't get to talk about it much <laughs> last time, okay? Right. When it, I know this is a loaded question. Okay, so if people ask me favorite movie of all time, you know, I'm kind of like basically Back to the Future and the 1986 cult classic Rat, right? So they're like, 
yeah. a year apart ish, right? So there's kind of the the B the the B rated movie, and then you know the all time classic. What is your favorite movie of all time? I've I've got a handful of favorite movies. Uh, this is going to sound kind of corny, but Kung Fu Hustle is one of my favorite movies. What what is it? Oh, Kung Fu Hustle. Oh, Kung Fu Hustle. Okay. Yeah. Then there's a recent movie that came out this past summer called Bullet Train that I've fallen in love with. It's uh, got Brad Pitt in it. The the action in it is just mind blowing. And but top of the list has got to be Blues Brothers for me. I mean, the cars. Uh, I'm I love '70s music. I'm uh, uh, that's probably my favorite era of music. Uh, well, actually, it's a close second with the '80s music. But I meant uh, I'm huge in the disco house music. Just that's uh, what I listen to pretty much every day at work. But the cars, the just the the corniness of the movie, the action is just was just one of those things that it was. I put it above like smoking the band and cannibal run kind of thing, just because it was. Yeah, that's that's basically that's that's some fighting words for some people. Yeah, I dude. Mean, I mean, I, I honestly, here's the fighting words for me. I don't think Mike has seen any of the smoking the bandits. I definitely know he hasn't seen the Howl Needham. You know, cannonball runs. I mean, he literally, I think, didn't even have a TV as a kid, dude. Oh crap. I mean, I think his parents were religious and they like burned TVs or something. I mean, it was some weird thing. They said there could were... be a possibility where um, I see he maybe he was just uh, held in a basement. I mean, yeah, that's, that's, he... that's a possibility too. Against his will, exactly. Okay, yeah, and they just basically shot food down the laundry chute to him or something. <laughs> yeah, that's how Hank grew up. So here was something on this episode. We're talking about our, you know, kind of the best of twenty twenty two. And listen, I'm I'm kind of. I'm good, but I'm bad about like I'm stuck in this, you know, 80s, 90s, you know, all this old school stuff. So I'm like, I went on, I was looking on IMDb at some of the the highest rated movies of 2022, and like, dude, like I was blown away. I had seen one of them right through the whole year, and I'm going, you know, all these iconic movies, and I feel bad because there's so many good movies, but like I just don't have time to watch them all. But of course, we all saw Top Gun Maverick. Right, and we a lot yeah. of us just said, "Dude, like, I mean, it was a blockbuster." I forget if it ended up being the highest grossing of all time. Yeah, but there's a movie. My buddy Noldy, he's got a whole fandom stuff on YouTube, big into comic book movies and all that stuff. He told me, and I haven't watched this, but a movie called Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Okay, and it has Jonathan Kiwan, which was he was short round in indie Jones, right? He was okay. um, he was uh, in the Goonies, and as, as Data, that was his name in the movie Data. But you know he's he was short round Indiana Jones, and my my buddy Noldy said, dude, he goes, you have to watch everything, everywhere, all the, at once. He said, really, it's like Oscar performance from. And here's the crazy thing: he has not acted since like you know Temple of Doom slash Goonies. Like that was that was it. And then he took a, and then now all these years, I think he was like a stunt coordinator. So he did all of his yeah. stunts for it, the fighting scenes. But I always think, like, how cool is it? I mean, that story there alone, I mean, he hadn't really acted since 85. And then you come back with a crazy performance. You see uh, a lot of uh, celebrities that uh, I, even child stars that have basically that they got their money, like, as a kid doing TV shows or movies and kind of they've basically seen how things were done 
in the industry then kind of taking that and fed off of it yes. doing their getting into either writing or producing or directing like uh i'm i'm terrible with names but the, the kid that plays ralphie in christmas story oh yeah yeah you and i yeah, were texting he, about that yeah let everyone know where he was a part of that big franchise yeah he is a, was the executive producer for the first iron man uh, in the MCU universe, huge, and that was—I mean—that was kind of like they didn't know what was going to happen with that movie, and it was like a shot in the dark. And good lord, did he land dead eye in the bullseye, kind of thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, really. I mean, he kicked off a crazy franchise and made a ton of money. Yeah. When you think about Chicago, you in the last episode you had hinted—you know—you had spent some time there. I think, like in your Navy days. Now yes. I, I know you said you're a Blues Brothers, you know, fanatic, so you can't say this one. Can you think of any other movies or a TV show, just one, that was filmed in or around Chicago? Oh, there's so many movies. <laughs> yeah, uh, there is. I've got a list of every fucking one of them here. You, you've touched on the John Hughes movies. I mean, oh, uh, boom, they're all from there. Yep. I think Ferris Bueller is probably one of my favorite John Hughes movies, uh, yeah. just because it was like everything went right for the kid. I mean, he couldn't do wrong. Dude. It was just seeing um, a cameo with Charlie Sheen as like a grungy, I guess, druggy, I guess. I don't know if that's yeah. kind of like a, a precursor of what Garth was Vol believed to Garth later. Volbeck. Remember that? That was his name. His name was Garth Volbeck. Yes. <laughs> and uh, there was going to be a whole backstory to that character and the family. Um, I remember hearing it was revealed that Ferris's realtor, realtor's mom, uh, was sh was showing the house for sale to the Volbecks. And then, if you look, I remember hearing this. If you look closely at the tow truck that's t that tows the Rooney's cars, it's it's Volbeck's yeah. wrecking service, dude. Holy crap! I did not. I never mind any of together. Yeah, yeah, that's. I mean, but, that, but that's, that's John just, Hughes, dude. Exactly, that's how how John worked. I mean, just kind of George Lucas is the same way. His the very first movie that John Lucas did, or George Lucas, I'm sorry, in college was called THX one one three eight, which was kind of like a oh right, uh, right, yep, was a Star Wars thing. But uh, the first mainline movie that George Lucas did was American Graffiti. Yes, and it was. Yep. The, inf the infamous yellow coupe, the t the license plate on that yellow coupe, THX one three eight. Yep, the little Easter eggs, dude. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Every time I go to this one record store, they have the uh, gatefold vinyl for American Graffiti, and every time I'm like, I need to buy it, you know, just to have it. I mean, it's just iconic, yeah. and it's this gatefold, and it's got old cars and. And then I'm like, man, I don't know. I got too much crap. And then I don't buy it. Then I'm like, I should have bought it. But it is crazy how you know technology changes and stuff. Now we can stream all this stuff right in our phone. Or we take a right. video, we post it to Instagram, and then we get to pick whatever song we want. It's like, how insane, dude. Well, what was funny is like my daughter was, uh, she's getting ready to move. Uh, and her neighbor had moved out and basically gave her a box of records. Ooh. And she uh, said, uh, hey, do, are any of these any good? And she started like naming off stuff. It was like uh, the Commodore's uh, album Magic Something where Lionel Richie uh, was on uh, the police synchronicity uh, journey. 
I was just like a lot of early 80s type stuff. I was just like, holy crap. Like, this is some really great stuff that she had gotten. I was like, I'm like super jealous. Yeah, it's kind of cool that there's been a resurgence of vinyl and just physical media. I think people realize like trends kind of come and go, but it it is nice to physically own something. It's tough to take a cassette and go, hey, well, now I want to play it on my computer. You know, you have to import it, and that's not easy. But CDs... You know, yeah. you could easily kind of import those, and that's what I did over the years to kind of have a digital backup. But I want to talk. We got a, we got a little bit more time. I do want to talk more about the scene to see if there's anything else that we maybe missed last time. But here's a segue. I remember hearing some story. Ryan Fringling House. You know, you're talking West Coast Customs fame. I think his son just celebrated his born day. So happy born day to Ryan's son. But do uh-huh. you remember? Was Ryan working out? I don't know if he had started West Coast at the time, but it was in Torrance, between Torrance and Compton. There was a little yeah. uh, little place down there. I heard <laughs> there was a, a, a Ryan worked out of a shop that was, I think, had about was able to hold about three cars, I believe. Uh, Big Dane was there. Ghetto Bob had just moved from Texas and was setting up to to work with Ryan at West Coast and. You would literally pull out of the parking lot and to the intersection, and there's a stoplight, and you would see a sign across the street. It said uh, "City Limits Compton." So, like, they were literally on the Torrance Compton line. But I was there with Vince helping him, or uh, Scott Ghetto Bob helping him out with some stuff, and like, oh, let's go grab some lunch. And we go to this this little deli that was in the same complex as them. And sitting there having a sandwich, and these two, I'll just say, attractive females come in, and I kind of look at them. I was like, "What? Why is there like some like smoking hot ladies like coming into this dive of a deli like in Torrance Compton?" And he kind of chuckles, and he's like, "There's a studio down at the end of the complex." I'm like, "What do you mean studio?" It's like. Yeah, he's like, yeah, they, they make pornos down there. I was like, wait, what? He goes, yeah, it's like a little porno studio. And it's just like, yeah, there's all kinds of like uh, porn stars that come through here. I was like, you never know who you're going to see here. I was just like, uh, yeah, it just got all kinds of CD, I guess. But it's just like, but it is it's kind of like you, you set up shop where you can and, and do the job. But it's kind of like. You never know who your neighbors is. are going to be. <laughs> exactly. And I just, like, one of those things just kind of sticks in your head, just like, you just laugh about it. Like, okay. Well, sure. on, the, on the Sons, and Anar- Sons of Anarchy show, my dad and I always loved watching. And um, there was a, one of the seasons where they had set up this studio, Kara Kara, I think it was called. And it was like, you know, yeah. one of their side hustles, you know what I mean? And yeah, yeah, the, the porn capital of the world out there in Killicali, right? But yeah, you, know, um, you had shared a lot of cool stories with us. I really like the one of, uh, you know, Gendro's, the, the photo shoot for Auto Sound and Security. Because really, when you go back, when I went back and I look at the cover, I had never really studied the cover, but it almost looked like an indoor photo shoot because it almost looked like, you know, in some of those in the 90s, they would do those photo shoots. So they'd have like a, a grayish almost like a big curtain in the background, you know, they could change the color right. obviously. And it kind of had that little wavy yeah. look to it, but really uh, it never had registered that on the cover of it. I always just thought it was like a studio photo. But then when you look at it, you kind of had shared how 
it was really the waterfall in the background. And then really, obviously, the main spread was the same. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. Do you remember, like, all these other stories, right, in some of the 80s and the 90s and the things that you got to deal with, any other memories, like maybe going for, like, any of the cow jam, cow truck jams or any uh, Spring Splash or any other shows that maybe we didn't touch on when you were like, man, I should have brought that story up? Oh, this to get away a little from the West Coast, um, we'll get back to the Central, I guess, Louisiana. There's a show. I had, I forgot where I saw Mike Shardis at. I'm not sure if it was at the the office or a show or something, but I spoke with Mike and I said, um, who's covering, um, is anyone covering the, uh, the Cajun Mini Nats in Jennings, Louisiana? And he's like, well, I'm going to be, be out there. And he's like, uh, oh, are you going to go? And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to take my truck. And he was just kind of like, you're going to take your truck to that show? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm from Houston. It's only like uh, three hours away. So it's like no big deal. He's like, all right, cool. I'll see you there. And this had been a week or two weeks. And the ship I was on, we were getting ready to go on deployment. So basically, I was driving my truck home. And basically park it at my parents' house for six months while I was on deployment and then fly back and pick it up. So it was it was unheard of. I meant to drive a body drop truck. I meant cross country at the time. I mean it, it, no one had done it that that I know of. And I drive from San Diego to Houston, zero issues. I mean that that basically just speaks highly of Jindro and his work. I mean it was you got in, got in the truck, turned the key, and drove, and you didn't have to worry about it. I get get to Houston, like unpack my truck. Uh, my dad's gonna go with me to the show uh, for the weekend, and we load up Friday afternoon and head out after he gets off work. So we were on the Jennings, like right at right at sunset. Go to Hartel, uh, drop stuff, and I see someone there and said, "Oh yeah, there's a a crew spot at the old Walmart there in downtown Jennings." He's like, empty parking lot. It's like, that's where everyone's at. I'm like, all right, cool. So we we roll through town and uh, roll into the parking lot. And the look on Mike Shardis's face was just like, what? Like, you're here. And you drove your truck. Like, yeah. And I was like, where's the truck and trailer? And I'm like, we, I drove. He's like, <laughs> no. I'm like, no, dude, I drove it. And he was just like, like, no way. And Bubba that put on the show was there with Mike. And he's like, wait, he's like, you came from California for this show. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I was like, knew the show was going on. I, I scheduled my leave and I was like, I live in Houston. I was like a few extra hours. No big deal. Come to the show, hang out. And they were just like, like, holy crap. <laughs> and go to the show, park the truck. And, um, didn't win and actually I didn't win anything, but they were doing like a best of and they ended up doing a long distance award. And I, <laughs> I ended up winning long distance Damn. for uh for the show. And what's funny is uh I went to the show the the next year as well in ninety five, but I had just uh graduated school in Chicago so I drove from Chicago to Louisiana. That's crazy. Dude. And the funny thing is, this is like when they were starting doing, they had the, the new fuel pumps and you're able to print out a receipt. 
and I had printed out a receipt that basically gave date, time, and location, saying, all right, this is where I was at the day before. Right. And I roll in, and they're like, oh, you're not winning again. And I pull out this receipt, and Bubba happened to be there, and he's just like, like, wait, you drove from Chicago this year? <laughs> it's like, what the? It's like, he's like, boy, I don't understand you. It's like California one year, Chicago next. And it's like, it's like, where are you going to drive from next year? I'm like, we can see. Kind of thing. <laughs> You're like, I'm going but for yeah, the jugular. Like, but yeah, two years in a row, I, I, I took long distance. And actually, most of my awards that I had gotten were long distance awards just because I, I love driving. Uh, I love driving to the shows and. Yeah, and if you have a if you have a well built mini truck, really your biggest worry, or if there's even a worry, is tires. You know, just hit hit yeah. a pothole or something. Yeah, and like uh, the next year, twenty twenty three, is like uh, when I pick up my truck, uh, my ninety one full size. Uh, the first show is the CT Nationals in Fort Worth. I am driving the truck to Colorado, and the next month I am uh, already set up to go to CT Nationals in Salt Lake City. Damn. You got it planned out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then there's a, a show coming up uh, called Scraping the Rockies or something like that. That's uh, coming up in Southern Colorado. And that's like six hours away and plan on going to that as well. So it's like uh, got a few shows lined up uh, in the central part of uh, or uh, this part of Colorado. Oh, yeah. Kansas. And also uh, to touch on a different t- kind of event, uh, there's a thing called Rocky Mountain Race Week, and it's uh, 1,300 miles, and it gets four different drag strips over a week's period of time, and you actually race, and I plan on entering my truck in that as well. So I'll be going from Pueblo to Morrison, or no, Pueblo to Great Bend, Kansas, to Kearney, Nebraska, to back to Denver, then back to Boulder. Uh, making a big circle uh, in the fall with that Damn. truck as well. Damn, dude. So, okay. Uh, like so, I said, I love to drive. <laughs> yeah, buddy, on the same topic, I usually try to remember when we wrap up last time, I forgot to ask you this, right? But you sent me some photos and I wanted to share them after this episode. Okay. Whatever, I don't believe, I don't recall asking you this. Whatever came about, of your Toyota, is it in Nevada? Is that the plate that's on it? No, my uh, my Toyota had changed hands a few times, and it is currently sitting in a warehouse in Indiana. Indiana, okay. Uh, I couldn't tell on the plate. Yes. I, I, okay, it kind of looks like an Indiana plate now that I zoom in. Yeah, I see uh, it now. It's got the blue. Yeah. So, so uh, any idea who has it? Joe, I'm going to butcher his name. Uh, I think it's Mats or Mattis or something like that. Okay, uh, he's on social media. Uh, he's the one that actually sh- uh, forwarded me those photos. Cool. And he sold it to uh, a business partner, and the business partner basically has it uh, in storage. Sick. It is, okay. It is not like it's exposed to elements. I mean, it is. It is. Um, I guess a dry, dry type environment where it's like it's Safe, not getting. Yeah. It's not getting eaten up, but I meant um, I've always had an, an idea, uh, a thing about if the truck was to ever come up, I'd try to get it back. But I have 
too many projects and i think i think it's something i wouldn't want to kind of take on i'd kind of like rather see it move on to the next one if if it does go to another person yep yep so i got a couple uh, more things before we wrap up and speaking of that the after we talked the last time charles did you pick up just talking about other projects did you pick up another project recently or was that just a temptation is is your fault? Uh, <laughs> hey, dude, we're trying to get everyone it. to settle down, not buy. <laughs> I had something kind of fall in my lap. Uh, a friend That's of mine what they is all say. Uh, my a friend of mine is moving from Tucson to to Pennsylvania. He has three vehicles that he's uh, uh, getting rid of. One of them is a '65 Plymouth Fury, a '65. 64 Dodge D100 truck line, regular cab long bed, my my flavor of trucks, regular cab long beds, and a 84, 85 Mazda B2200 regular cab long bed. The truck is, is mint down both sides and the back. It needs a front bumper, bumper caps, and maybe a grill. The interior is immaculate. The truck has been in Tucson its entire life. And I believe during a period of time, it was actually garage kept. So the interior is actually really, really, really good. Surprising that the dash isn't all cracked up and busted. He put a Weber carburetor on it, deleted all the emissions, did exhaust on it. And he said, basically running, driving with the title thousand dollars. Damn. So yeah, we, we, we made the arrangements um, I've already did some wheel and wheel shopping for it. I found uh, what I think is one of the best factory wheels uh, that you, you everyone's familiar with the Nissan Pathfinders, but the Nissan Pathfinders that you always saw in the the mini truckins uh, of the '90s were actually the second generation Nissan Pathfinder wheel. There was a generation before that. That was only uh, on the Nissan Pathfinders for two years when they first came out. But it is a 15-inch wheel, and it is chrome. But it looks like a big, fat, uh, floating uh, six-spoke wheel. Ah. Kind of like like a torque thrust kind of squished. But cool. uh, six spokes. And it's exposed lug nuts. Got it. Came across a set of those on eBay for, I think it was like $55 a wheel or something like that. Guy has like 12 of them. And... Uh, too good of a deal so it's like a set of 195 50s those wheels and some cranking the torsion bars and a lowering block and uh got a little driver that's so, sick dude happy for you brother it, it's nothing uh we'll, we'll see if i can fit in it i'm not exactly the most slender of people but uh it already sounds like you, you got you got biggity mike the mayor from the podcast you already got him beat you know what i'm saying i mean and you haven't even uh, really started on the thing yeah, I, I may have to, uh, basically, the first time I take the trek out, go uh, visit Jenny Craig or something like that. So <laughs> You're crazy. So listen, I know this episode wasn't going to be maybe as in-depth, but I think we're we're definitely on a roll. we got to get you back on, maybe as the new co-host. We'll have to see, because Mike's still out gallivanting. But I do have one more for you. Right. Do, do I remember correctly? I mean, i got a pretty good memory. I swear, when I was younger, I was watching... America's Funniest Videos, also known as AFE. Is it true that you want some money on there, and can I borrow it? <laughs> yeah. 2016, uh, I did a video uh, of my dog. Wow. Uh, 
this title Bacon Bacon Beagle. And we it was at season twenty seven, episode one. Uh we Crazy. won the ten thousand dollar prize. And American Funny Soul and Videos is basically each season has 19, 19 episodes. Uh, and they're divided in half. So the first half has 10 episodes, the second half has nine episodes. And of those 10 episodes in the first half, basically, they take those and take them to Disney World. And they basically get a control group and basically they have them all watch the videos and pick their favorite. And the top three vote getters are the ones that get to compete for the hundred thousand dollars. Awesome. We went back and competed for the hundred thousand dollars, but we came in second. So, I mean, and what's funny is that a lot of production staff was actually rooting for us. They didn't even know the results. That's like only only one or two people knew the results. And they were just kind of like, like when the winner was announced, there was almost like a gasp, like, like they won and not the dog, but it was kind of like, it is what it is. I mean, when the video that won a hundred thousand dollars was basically about uh, a kid passing out on an amusement park ride and you're showing the videos at Disney world, you kind of, you, you tend to be a little biased, I think. Right, but if, right. if they were showing like, they were showing the videos at like the Westminster Kill Dog Show or something like that. Yeah, yeah it was kind of like could have been swayed easily. Exactly. So it's kind of like it is what it is. But I meant it was great that uh, got to be on national television twice. My dog got to be there. There was even a lot uh, when they uh, the LA Times did an article on the show, and they basically spoke about. This had been a couple years after us, and they were talking about how the show, after 30 years, was still relevant. And on the front page of the LA Times business section of so, so basically, they've done 19 episodes for 30 years, and they have a, a professional photographer that is there in all those uh, shoots, basically shooting photos. And the one photo they pick is basically me and my wife holding a picture of our dog as the lead photo for the article. Interesting. So yeah, that's that's actually buried in my Instagram. I will actually tag you to that and uh, point that out to you. But yeah, that was kind of crazy. That, but yeah, I got a a, a random email from uh, one of the staff members that hey, you want to check out the, the LA Times business section today? It's like you're gonna you're really gonna like it. Yeah, very cool. And one thing that maybe the listeners would appreciate, I, I we we worked with someone that won something on The Biggest Loser one time her and her family were on there and they won some crazy gym set and, or I guess they could take the money. And we've always heard like, you know, price is right. Okay, great. You won this, you know, hundred thousand dollar deal, but you know, this and that, do you mind sure you don't have to, you don't have to say money wise, but like the, from a tax perspective, does it work that like, okay, they, do they truly just give you the check or deposit it? And then like that comes in kind of like as a, as earned income, or do you not want to say anything on that? I mean, was there any oh, kind I, of I, stuff you got to deal with, with that? I can yeah touch on that. We, we did pay taxes on it. Uh, but what's interesting was the amount that I got when our episode, we didn't get the money till after our episode aired. How it works is that they monitor your social media. So basically, you say anything like, hey, I won, or they won, or something like that. Basically, you can forfeit your prize. Wow. And so basically, we couldn't tell anyone for almost two months that we had won. Yeah. I mean, no one knew. I mean, friends, relatives, family. I mean, 
no one. It was just me and the wife. Yep. And so the episode airs like on Sunday and on Monday I got an envelope from FedEx and it was our check. Interesting. I was like, holy crap. But yeah, uh, they had only of that, that $10,000 prize. They had only taken out a, a few hundred dollars. Really? Yeah. Very cool. So it was like kind of surprised like that. We got like that much from them. Like, okay. But also when we went out there, they, they covered the airfare. They covered the hotel. Uh, they gave us per diem per day. So basically we got $75 per person per oh, day. Good. So it's then they gave us cab fare on top of that. Damn. So with, with that money and actually cab fare, they gave us like $500 cash just for showing up. That's cool. So yeah, we check in and they hand us an envelope and it was like, like, what is this? And it's like, yeah, that's your itinerary. You open it up and there's like a, a folded letter and like this lot of cash in it. And you're just like, oh crap. Like, okay. Yeah, I've always heard, like, you know, assumed, you know, Jeopardy, these guys, you know, they're flying people in, Wheel of Fortune, you know, they're giving you the, you know, because they, they got to make it, you know, kind of worth your while, you know, yeah. to go out there and take some time off from work. So it's kind of, that's a huge expense, obviously, for those game shows and TV shows, America's Funniest Video. Although I haven't really watched it religiously in a while, I know that it was just such yeah. a hit show for years, and we used to watch it as kids in the 80s, we just... Couldn't get enough of it because back then it was crazy, you know, with the standard VHS tape, you'd have to mail it in and they would, you know, of course, put together the show. And that was like the infancy of, you know, before people were obviously vlogging and stuff. But there was a cool show I did want to mention, speaking of like vlogging and stuff in that era, I think I mentioned this before, but the girl that played Punky Brewster, uh, she did a show someone had told me about on Hulu and it was called Kid 90. And it was very interesting because uh, she grew up in an era, you know, what we're talking about with VHS tapes. But she had a camcorder with her all the time, and she recorded a lot of stuff, you know. Um, and she kind of talks about her trials and tribulations. Some, most of it, I didn't know, you know, you know, about how she kind of felt about herself and all this. But a lot of her childhood friends ended up, you know, committing suicide and, and things like that. It was just kind of a crazy thing. But if anybody hasn't watched it, I forget who told me about it, but it's called Kid. Nine zero kid ninety, so that's kind of cool. But yeah, man, I appreciate you sharing that story of America's Funniest Video. Mike told me several months back that he was almost on Double Dare, so I said I can't believe we've been friends all these years, all these years, and he never told me the story. But he was there, and he recently told the story how they got selected, like they were going to be on, and then somehow there was some power outage uh, at the at the theme park over there, and they just they canceled the shooting for that day. But um yeah, man, a lot of good memories, dude, I'm sure, dude, for, for you and your family. I've had a, a, a friend of mine that's a uh, uh, highly regarded photographer, and he was actually picked to be on The Bachelor uh, a few years ago. And wow. there, he asked, how long is the, the filming going to be? And basically, when they plan on filming, and they said, well, this is kind of a general of when it's going to be. And he actually declined it because he said it would interfere with his, his uh, photography. Wow. He politely said, no, thank you. And I was just like, oh, crap. But he kind of looks back and he's like, maybe I should have done it. But then everyone mentioned, it's like, you see what you're married to now. And then he's like, yeah. It's like, I, I, I did, I made the right choice. Yeah. Yep. So no doubt it's the way TV shows go. Right. But dude, seriously, man, Charles, like I, 
I know there's probably still more stories out there, and, and I really appreciate you taking this time, this episode. I want to just you know thank you for coming on. We were talking a lot about we did our best stuff for 2022, not talking about the trucks and shows, but talking about TV, movies, things like that. And right. um, again, I want to thank our title sponsor, Custom Car Show Productions, Scraping the Coast, 21st anniversary is coming up this June. And of course, their next event under that umbrella is Orange Beach Invasion, which is going to be the third weekend in March in Orange Beach, Alabama. So we hope to see you guys out there. But Charles, man, any last words before we wrap? I'm going to basically drop up a little teaser for everyone. Uh, I'm going to say a few words and basically just let let people uh, let that marinate in their minds. Okay, I'm going to say Rob Rodell, Amigo, Walmart security guard. We'll leave it at that for now. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Good stuff, man. Hey, you're a great guy, great guest, and I'm telling you, I think we can come back. I mean, we, we're we trying to kick Mike off the podcast. I mean, we've got two more episodes, well, this one and one more. You know, maybe if we can't renegotiate, we'll have to get you, you know, on the hook to come on more. You know what I mean? <laughs> basically, I, I'm definitely down for that. I'm basically, uh, I've, I've got all kinds of stories, I guess I, I could tell. And But, uh, yeah, if people want to keep uh, hear me uh, ramble on, I mean, yeah, I'm all for it, so. Yeah, and we got to talk more about you know some of the pop culture stuff. I'm sure we could go down the bunny trails of the shows and the movies and things like that. Uh, we're going to oh, have yeah. plenty more for everyone next year, so I would highly encourage go on YouTube, look up Our Lifestyle Podcast, hit follow, subscribe, whatever. It's totally free. And Charles Wickman, Wickham, my <laughs> brother, thank you so much, dude, and uh, appreciate the round two with you, man. Jason, uh, thank you again for having me on, and uh, like it, it's been it's been fun. I mean, it's, it's it's great to basically just talk about some of the stuff. So, yeah, no doubt. And I'm gonna go watch my Packers hopefully win. Got to play the Rams tonight, so that's where I got my date. And uh, there you go. it's gonna be a good week. Uh, Merry Christmas to you and your family, and thanks, Charles Dub. Yes, Merry Holidays and Happy Christmas to everyone out there. So, yeah, you get my humor. That's that's one of my things. I always I, I try to basically drop every year, so I do a little twist on it. Yep, and Merry Kwanzaa and all that stuff, you know. And yeah, fe- and, fest- and Festivus for the rest of us, like George Costanza would say. <laughs> all right, man. All right, brother. Have a good night. Till next time. Yes, you too. We out here.